God. Amen, amen, amen. So the Lord gave me a message to give to you today. And that message is this God's in love with you. Amen. This God's in love with you. You see this guy, this guy's in love with you. So that's God's message to you. This God's in love with you. Amen. He's very much in love with you. In love with you. You know, I, I was I kept hearing that song and and uh not having a divin husband, I'm thinking, well, why am I thinking about the song? You know, that's one of them little mood songs. So when they come home, you don't know, slap them when they come in the door. You, you smile. Uh, but the Lord wants me to impress upon you his personal love for you. You know, when a person, like we're, we're commanded to love. We're commanded to to be people who release love and not hate where we could you know selfish people are releasing whatever emotions they have around them but God says that he is commanding us to love which means that it can be an automatic impersonal thing and it it blesses people uh, but but we can love everybody we're commanded to be indiscriminate in our love and to love everybody. And the Bible says that God does love the world. He loves all of us. But when he was talking to me, he said, tell them I am in love with them. So being in love is different than just loving. You know, love is something you, you release to people versus releasing hate or releasing animosity or strife or contention or ill will. So when you release love, you release goodwill toward people. You wish them well. You want well things for them. But when you're in love, you are releasing a, a quality and a dimension of love that is extremely personal. And it is tailor-made to fit that person's life, to fit their situations. It overlooks certain faults and flaws because it decides to and it reserves that special affection for a specific individual and I believe God wants us to know he loves us that way amen when you have a covenant with God he loves you in a special way he loves he is in love with you which means that when somebody says they're in love with you that kind of gives you a hall pass on all the false flaws, insecurities, everything that you think would hold somebody back from relationship of affection toward you, that, that, that phrase kind of releases you into a different realm and a different dimension of relationship, of goodwill, of favor, of blessing, of, of uh, unlimited, I would say, affection, unlimited forgiveness. Uh, unlimited resources and access to that individual that's a special love it's a specific love it is made for you so that you know that you're loved at all times good times bad times 
uh, faults and flaws. Doing good doesn't increase his love for us. Amen. It's he just is in love with us, period. And that's that's the the extent of it. So uh, in in trying to understand this, uh, God started taking me to different scriptures to validate that this is his message to you today. And it starts in Romans. I'm sorry. It starts in John three. We all know this scripture. For God so loved the world, 316, that he gave his only begotten son. So he started out by giving a ransom for you. He is in love. When he saw your plight and saw you where you were when he found you, he paid a ransom for you because he determined you were worth it. He did not turn his back on you. He could not leave you there in your sin any longer. He couldn't leave you where you were any longer. He wanted to prosper and help you and rescue you. So God is your ultimate rescuer. He always has been and he always will be. He understands you. Nobody else understands you. God does. Amen. Now we can all help each other. We can go our 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 road with, but but you know at a at a certain point with humans, I don't care how much you, they love you, they scratch their heads. You understand what I'm saying? We all get a head scratch, and because they can't figure you out, they don't understand what makes you do this, what makes you do that, and, and how you can live the way you do, or how you can do certain things, but God understands you 100%, and he is in love with you. You are worth rescuing from every situation. I don't care how many times you get yourself in the same dark hole, he's going to come there and get you out of it. Amen? Because he is in love with you. Now, we have people that, that love us and you know, they're in love and out of love. God's in love doesn't stop. It's everlasting in love with us. Amen. It goes on forever and ever and ever. He gave his only begotten son. So God has the type of love that gives. You won't find anybody else like that. You know, mostly we find ourselves taking from one another. If you get it at all. And y'all know what I mean. Think you need somebody to do this for you and if you, they do that you'll be satisfied that they love you and that doesn't satisfy you well god goes the extra mile with us he'll give he'll give you whatever you ask for according to his will he'll show you that he loves and is in love with you and if you keep uh begging and pleading and carrying on he'll still love you he won't leave you and he won't forsake you amen the holy ghost can live with anybody Huh? when you say yes he moves in he don't care how dilapidated your tent is huh? he moves right in he doesn't care what a wreck you are he moves right in and he takes up his abode with us because he knows his love will take care of everything that is wrong with us past present and future he knows that you can't find anybody else that will give you that guarantee you know, mostly, you know, it, it, men and women are funny creatures. We can't live with each other, can't live without each other. And we don't know to go to God and get help so that we can live peacefully with each other. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes we put too many demands on one another, things that we know uh, people cannot deliver to us 
And so we wear each other out sometimes. Huh? We like to make withdrawals before we make deposits. Everybody's trying to see what they can get from somebody, how far they will go. And, you know, we test each other that way. And what would they do if they, if I did this? You know, what would they do? We're always testing each other. Amen. And God says, I measure up to the test. Test me. You know, hey, bring it on. If you think you're too tough for me, let's see it. Because God's love is everlasting and overrides and overshadows all of our faults, all of our flaws, all of our uh, unthankfulness. <laughs> you know, we get in a place where we get so uh, demanding about life that we think we deserve everything that we have you know your mind will take you into uh, you know different fantasies and delusions about yourself instead of understanding that we have a God of mercy who loves us immensely and that's why we are in a position if you're in a good position that's why you're there because he loves you immensely. It's, you didn't earn anything. You haven't done anything that's extraordinary to get where you are. You know, we, we instead of using being prideful about it the way people usually do and boastful, we'll say our faith got it for us. Like your faith belongs to you. You're using God's faith when you get what you get. You understand? And so we can't take credit for any of this. And so, but that doesn't bother God. He, he'll, you know, look at that and forgive us and allow us to still prosper in him because he loves us that much. It's his great love that causes him, it motivates him all the time to do good toward us. So he gave his only begotten son so that we could eternally be secure. We could have everlasting life. Jesus didn't die for us until we do something wrong. He died for us beyond doing something wrong. Amen. And so he, he has secured us into a place where we are immovable and unshakable because of his great love for us. And I see people that flirt with, with sin after they're saved. And, and God still forgives and he still offers the best to us, whether we think we deserve it or not. See, whether we can really expect it or not. You know, you have to become familiar with the atonement and with the blood of Jesus to appropriate everything God has for you. Because we're so prone to, to missing it. Amen. Missing the mark through our sin and disobedience. Sometimes it's, it's un, uh, unintentional. Sometimes we just don't care. You understand what I'm saying? We're, we're waiting for God to catch up with us and tell us how much he loves us. You know, there's, there are times when I've been through this many times since I've been saved. I used to think, well, you know, I love God so much. He's done so much for me. But years go by, still believing for certain things, and the devil can wear your brain down uh, and get you to a place where you're not as excited. You're not as zealous. You're not as ready to do whatever you need to do for God to bless your life. You know, you lose steam. You lose heart. You know, you want to quit. You get faint. All that kind of stuff. It happens. Amen. If it hadn't happened to you, I praise God for it. But keep living and see what the challenges that come if you're still as excited about the things of God. You know, I can tell among people even in this congregation. You, you got me? You get tired of believing for the same thing over and over again. And does it come? You got me? But God. 
See, he is so in love with us. He loves us through our misery. He loves us through our trouble. He loves us through our uptimes. He loves us through our downtimes. He loves us through all of these things. That's how you get through. Because he loves you. If it weren't for that, you would not get through most of what we have to face in life. Many times we're still beating ourselves up over something that we're, where we missed it. Huh? Yeah, suppose you, you did lose everything you had because of, of mismanagement of your resources. Does that stop him from loving you? Absolutely not. He still, and he will prove, he will bless you and begin to increase you again because he loves you. Amen? So you can't overlook the love factor that God has for us. So he sent his son into the world not to condemn the world. Don't ever feel condemned as a believer. Don't ever feel condemned. Because you're not. You're saved. You're rescued. You're made whole. He's restoring everything. But he can't restore if you feel condemned. So if condemnation bugs you, quit thinking thoughts that encourage that. Start stepping into the mind of Christ that is healthy and whole and feeds your spirit and makes your soul it uplifts your soul and helps you it it is not make-believe that's where we're supposed to dwell we're supposed to dwell under the shadow of the almighty that's why he gives us in a, a a dwelling place where we're secure and we're hidden from the darkness that's around us all of the time he loves you that much and he doesn't care how much you run to him for refuge you can live there all day long if you want to. He won't kick you out. Huh? I remember my mother, she would get tired of us just hanging around and looking funny at her. And she said, y'all go outside and play or something. You're getting on my nerves, you know. Everybody gets that way. Except God. He says, come and dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Make your abode here with me. If you're tired of the stuff out there in the world, come on and sit down and talk with me about it. Amen? And so he gives us that privilege of being in his presence. So never feel condemned. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. As long as you're pursuing the things of the spirit and not not the things of the flesh. God has a a place and a dwelling place for you. Romans 5.8, he says that God commends his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were an enemy of God, cursing his name, using Jesus Christ as a cuss word, all those things, he died for you. He did the ultimate for you. While you were at his worst, at your worst, he gave you his best. So you can't get better love than that. Most people see you squandering things they withhold from you. They don't want you wasting their resources. But God saw you squandering everything and he gave you his best. Amen. To show you you can't squander what he has for you. Amen. You can't throw Jesus away. And you can't abuse him either. He's taken all the abuse that, that a human being could take innocently. So your little things you do don't bug him one little bit. You understand me? He loves you. He's that much in love with you. So he says much more than now being justified by his blood. You're not just saved, a sinner who's saved. You're justified. Amen. Which means there's no judgment against you anymore. There's nothing working against you anymore. You know why God does that? So you can remain close to him. 
so he can enjoy the pleasure of your company. Go figure. When somebody's in love with you, they can't wait to get to see you. Huh? Y'all Christians don't have no romance in your soul. Huh? They can't wait to see you. Huh? I used to, you know how you are when you're young and in love, you play it off. You know, I'd be sitting there waiting by the phone and then I, I figured it was him and I'd let it ring about six times. And my hand was like, I want to, I want to, I want to, I can't, I can't, I can't. You play games with people. God doesn't play games with us. Amen. He straight up, he shows us everything that's available to us day one if we'll look for it. He'll say, ask anything in my name it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom i won't hold withhold any good thing for you if you walk over he gives you all the marbles first huh i said man it took me 30 years to find out why my husband hid the last money you know the one they say ain't nobody getting my last money i said i knew there was well we was married almost 30 years before he finally confessed that you got me under duress. <laughs> Brothers be strong. I mean, they can resist that, that money thing for a long time. Well, y'all ain't never been in a real fight for the coin. I can see that right now. This is a new generation I'm dealing with. We got to deal on a different level here. Yeah, I'm going to find out where y'all push button is one day. Uh but for me, it was squirreling a little extra in there beside the grocery money. You know what I'm saying? So the girl could live. <laughs> Wee! Anywho. All right. I said I wasn't going to talk about abusing husbands anymore. <laughs> I guess I got to stop. I got to be a Christian. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So God says that while we were sinners, he gave us his best. Amen. How much more now that we're justified? Uh, he loves us he's in love with us more now that we're justified can you imagine if he loved us that much as sinners he's even more so in love now huh that we're justified you know why because he can elevate us he can now put promote us and, and crown us with glory and honor and all the things that he's been wanting to do when we were sinners he couldn't do that we would have rejected it. It would have killed us. Something bad would have happened. But now that he, we're justified, he said, boy, wait till I show you what we can do now. That's what he has for us. He wants to unveil and reveal more of himself, his goodness, things that now we can receive because we are like him. He dwells in us. All of that stuff, we, they, we can be shown those things now that we're accepted in the beloved we can handle more from god now now that he has changed us and made us new creatures we we can this is our hour this is our time this is your time to really enjoy god i won't say enjoy life because that puts a different spin but enjoy god he wants you to enjoy him once you enjoy him you'll enjoy everything else that he has for you but until you can really enjoy God, you won't be able to enjoy anything that he has for you. It'll be foreign to you, you know, just like it was, would be if you were a sinner. Isaiah 49, I'll go there. What did, what did I find in Isaiah? 
You can depend on God. He keeps his word. Isaiah 49 and 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget you. I will just like if, 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 if as a woman is waiting for the baby to, for the next feeding. Amen. They know when the feeding's ready and the baby does too. Amen. They kind of work in sync. So it's hard to forget for a woman to forget a child that she's nursing. And he says, behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. He's got a tattoo with your little face on it. Amen. And your name. Every name that you've been called in your life, God's aware of them. Amen. From Pookie to Little Man to, huh? He says, and my walls are, your walls are continually before me. Amen. In other words, whatever it is that you're involved in, continually before the Lord. Shannon, do you have the NIV version? If you can get that for me. (laughs) Sorry about that. My uh, tablet isn't working the way it should. But if I can get an alternate translation so we can understand what walls are continually before me. Praise God. You know what I think I'll ask for Pastor Shirley's. Is this hers? Is that yours? Okay, she's got an NIV. Let me see. Yeah. Why don't you read it real quick and I'll, I'll use hers from now on. I have two of them. Okay, so they use walls too. So, all right. I'm sorry, I didn't look that up to get a better meaning. For, but I'm, I'm thinking, whatever it is that you're involved in, your walls would, would, would denote a place of dwelling, and where you are. So He knows where we are at all times. Amen. And He knows what we're doing at all times. Amen. So God is so interested in us. He keeps us before Him at all times. In Psalm 103. And verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. So he's abounding in compassion, mercy, slow to anger. He's plenteous in mercy. In other words, you can't wear him out. I don't care what you've done. It's not bad enough for him to disconnect from you, disinherit you, not trust you again with the same thing. Our problem is trusting ourselves. Well, if God trusts you, why do you hold back in trusting yourself? Amen. He's the one you've got to please. He's the better judge of the whole situation. And he says, I saw you fall off that horse. Now get up and get back on again. We're going to ride anyway. Amen. And so he's the God of the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever chances. Don't live in condemnation. The more you condemn yourself, the less willing you are to obey God in, in starting out again and, and trying it again and starting over. Amen. You, you, we have to stop doing that as believers because his love is everlasting. It never stops. His love is giving and it never stops giving. 
There are two words I found for, for love as far as the Old Testament is concerned. One of them is tender mercies. And you'll see this where God, it describes God's love for his children. His love is full of tender mercies. It says tender mercies really means compassion. You know what compassion is. It's a deep feeling. Some of these words that uh, describe God's love and describe how he feels toward us in a good way uh, are describing uh, your inward parts. You'll see the same word as bowels, uh, intestines. They're all the same words. So God feels deeply about you. He is, every time that, that you need something, he is moved deeply on the inside of himself. You know how some people are, you know, they're moved or not moved. Some people like stones, you, they don't, they're not moved by anything. You know what I'm saying? And then some people are moved in a superficial way. They'll give you lip service about things. But God is moved deeply and passionately for us. So it means to be deeply moved. Another word for, for tender mercies is womb. God carries us on the inside of himself. Amen. It means to be cherished. It means to conjoin, the two joined as one. So the way God treats you is the way he would treat himself. Huh? When he tells us to love our neighbor as ourself, he can demand that because that's how he loves us. What he does for us, he would do for himself and no less. What he thinks of us, he thinks of himself. When he tells us to obey certain laws, it's because he obeys those laws. Amen? He doesn't steal. He doesn't lie. He doesn't cheat. That's why he tells us not to do it. Because he doesn't do it. It means to collect, to draw together. So you get a sense of somebody uh, encompassing you, overtaking you, overshadowing you, coming full toward you and taking you with them. It means to hasten properly. So God, and it also means quick, hurrying, speedily, or quickly or suddenly. So God's love is available to us suddenly and quickly. He's not trying to make up his mind how he feels about you. It means to restrain and keep back and prohibit. So while God is embracing us, he's also keeping certain things back from us. So when you're, it also means to be jealous over. So when God's love encompasses you, it's a jealous love and doesn't let other people in. Amen. So you can forget about what we call your haters. Ain't nobody thinking about you. Not like that. You know, they can't even find you. <laughs> if you don't want to be found. Uh, now if you want to be found and want to get out there in your mess, you can do that. But God has so encompassed us so surrounded us so protected us that we cannot be found especially by the enemy the other word that i found for for love was a uh, loving kindness so that one was tender mercies this one is loving kindness and this one means covenant loyalty so god is loyal to you You can depend on him. Never have to doubt if he's interested in you, if he still wants to 
use you, if he still trusts you, any of that stuff. You know how we do. We step away from God for way too long. Then we wonder how he feels about us. Well, it's never been about how he feels about us. It's always been about how you feel about him. He's the same way about us all the time. His love never changes. It's a pursuing love. It means also to show favor. It means benefits. And it especially means kindness to the lowly. Those who he's got, there is nothing that he's expecting from us. You got it? He always condescends to people or men of low estate. He's always reaching down to lift up. His love lifts us up out of where we were. It means uh, uh, affection and redemption from sin. Loving kindness redeems you from sin. It means to pay your debt. This is all covenant loyalty. Redemption, payment of debt, preservation of life from death. It also means a quickening of your spiritual life. And sharing that life. It's abundant kindness. So with all of these things, God is showing us how deep his love is. How great his love is toward us. We did Psalm 103.8. The Lord is abounding in love, compassionate and gracious. Amen. So God isn't beating us up and telling us off and then doing good for us. Amen. He's gracious with his love. He overlooks a lot of what we do that is not pleasing to him. He won't overlook it forever because he expects you to own up to it and and confess it and just be honest with him. Psalm 42, verse 8. I like this one. It shows God's care for us all day long. All day long. Let me see if I can find it in the NIV because that's the one I think I like better. Psalm 40. What do I have? 42.8. I'm looking at all Pastor Shirley's <laughs> notes and stuff. I hope I don't mess nothing up. So, oh, this, you, I got your book, Pastor Shirley. Psalm 42 because I like the NIV on some of these. I'm a King James girl, basically, though, but, you know, I'm liking other things. Psalm 42 and verse 8. I am the Lord, is that the one? That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. I don't want that one. What do I want? 42.8. Let me see what it says here in the... Yeah, I don't know why it says that. Okay, so I'm I'm reading the King James. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and and my prayer unto the God of my life. So God directs, he loves you all day long. He, he will direct a, a word to you in the daytime and it puts you to bed at night with a song. You got me? So he takes care of you day and night. He's looking out for you and he will not leave you and not forsake you in anything. He's, God, we are forever on God's mind. Always. Never not on his mind. What do you have, Shannon? Our prayer 
Yeah, amen. Praise God. Psalm 42.8. Isaiah 62. Go over there. This kind of is making my day. I said, let me just sit back and think about what I got here in this relationship. Huh? We're not going to neglect this relationship. Amen. Psalm 62, verse 5. As a young man marries a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride. Woo! God rejoices over us. Like a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, the Lord rejoices over us. You know, when men are ready to get married, they get stupid. When they see pretty women, they get instantly stupid. You know, you you just look at them. They do. You know, they you know women know it. They go, <laughs> and here goes another one. But uh, but that's the way their their emotions and affections and the things that they see, the beauty that they behold, grabs them. Yeah, men are a little different than women that way, you know, but but there's men bring to the marriage a certain level of excitement for the future and for the relationship that they will have with that bride. They're very excited about it. Now, they may throw them bachelor parties and that crazy and all that kind of stuff, but inside they're going like, (laughs) you understand? Well, that's the way God feels about us. Jesus is excited about us. Little old us. Our hot messes and our messed up prayers and our halfway given and our, you know, pledge allegiance to Michael Kors. You know, all that stuff. He sees all that. Amen. And But he still is excited about us. Amen. He's excited about us all the time. God is always excited, rejoicing over us. That was Isaiah 62, or was it? Amen. He rejoices over us. Um, let me see. Isaiah 62. I had a couple of those. Verse 5. Okay, so he rejoices over us. Zephaniah 3.17. And he's right next door. Where he live? He right next door to uh, uh, <laughs> somebody. Shout out a page number. Oh, he is. Oh Lord, I should be able to find him, but he one of the harder ones to find. Okay, read that thing for me, somebody. Zephaniah three seventeen. I'm gonna find that because I really do like that scripture. Yeah. Okay, I got it, Di. Thank you. I remember now. Three seven. Thank you very much. I'm gonna, because we need to have it on on uh, on volume two. And the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. We had a song. We used to sing that all the time. Amen. It says He will save. He will rejoice. So He's not saving, and that He's done with you because you got in trouble. He saves you with rejoicing. It's like, ooh, charade and messed up again. Let me go get my girl out of trouble. Huh? He's rejoicing over saving us. Because our life gets better with him after we're saved. He said he will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love. 
Amen. He's not. His love, though, it don't bug him that he loves you. Your little low down, dirty desperado. Huh? He don't care how low down, dirty desperados we are. He loves us anyway. So he rests in his love. In other words, his loving us does not make him nervous. You know how y'all got to watch people. Oh, y'all know we do that. I know he expected me to get him something big for Valentine's Day, but I'm going to cut back. See what he do then. I'll show him. I still remember last Valentine's Day. He ain't take me nowhere. I didn't go. I'm going to show him. Been waiting a year to get back at that old rascal. Oh, I love him, but I'm going to show him. Huh? Y'all know how we do. Can't let the brother know how you really feel. You know, can't let the sister know how you really feel. I remember one time, what was I doing? There's uh, there, uh, a guy that, that uh, uh, used to, when I was in Detroit, I took my cars up to a repair. It was real close to my house. I would take my cars up to a repair place. And there was a, uh, the guy who owned his name was Terry. Nice looking guy. It was funny, you know, just hilarious just a good person to be around for a joke or something like that and so uh, we gave them a christmas gift one time we had a toolbox and we filled it up with goodies and stuff like that and you know like we do the baskets for the speakers and stuff so we made one and so i took it up there and i was telling them i said hey terry i said i got some cologne in there i said i don't know if it's for a man or a woman i said so you i said you don't have no women working up here i said why don't you give it to your wife he said that's too good for my wife. I'm going to give it to my girlfriend. <laughs> you know, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> but you see, that's how we do things. Amen. You love somebody, but you don't really want them to know how much you love them. Right? Yeah. I said, Terry, I'm going to slap you. I said, get my stuff back. <laughs> I'm on the wife's side all the time. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, but you know how that is. We just, you know, take my wife, please. You know, remember that? Kenny Youngman, the old, the old jokes, uh, ball and chain, whatever. It's all to hide our true hearts from people. You know, God doesn't hide his from us. Amen. You can depend on him the way he is about you. He's always that way about you. Full of love for you, pursuing you, not wanting to let you go. Amen. So God will rejoice over us with singing. Oh, he sings. Oh. Hi, Barb. Come over here. Whatever. You know, whatever song God would use to sing to us. He's singing over us. Amen. He's happy, rejoicing. Not, not upset that he saved us. And here we go again, being disobedient. Huh? Ignoring the command of God, taking our time and putting our stuff first instead of him first. Huh? You know, you'll learn better in due time. Uh, we all learn better, don't we? Amen. To be straight with God. You can never give more than he's given to you. So we're all playing catch up down here. Amen. Second Samuel 22. Second Samuel twenty two. 
I think it's verse it's, uh, chapter 20. And I think it's the same uh, scripture as Psalm 18, 19, 2 Samuel 22 and verse 20. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Not because I was lost, not because I needed help, but I was his delight. Amen. He delivers you because he delights in you. But you don't know I got myself in this trouble. He still delights in you. Are you kidding me? That he knows we're going to get in trouble. That's why we're given to Jesus comes first to us as Savior. Because we're already in trouble. We just finally realized it. And so when he comes to us, he comes to us because he delights. He ain't mad at you because you're here you are again in a pokey. He delights in you. Just like your, your children when they were small and didn't know no better. Uh, he always looks at us that way, even though we know better or supposed to know better. Amen. He still looks at us the same way as though we don't know any better. So he delights in us the same way. Jeremiah 31 3 God tells us he has loved us with an everlasting love he's always loved us that way always loved us that way it didn't just start when you got saved the Lord appeared of old to me saying yes I have loved you with an everlasting love therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you that loving kindness we defined already as covenant loyalty. So he says, because I have a covenant and I'm being loyal and faithful to that covenant, I am still drawing you toward me even though you're messing up and running away from me. Even though you say you don't care. Even though you say you're not going to do certain things that I've commanded you to do. He said, I'm still drawing you because my love is everlasting. It started before you got here. It started before you messed up. It started before you got saved. It started before you started doing the right things and then quit on me. It's always been there. So I am loyal to my covenant. And I draw you in covenant loyalty to me. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And this is one of my all-time faves. Before I even knew God would talk to me I, I i got a prophecy from from a lady that is very accurate in the word of knowledge and her word of knowledge came chapter and verse from the bible and i thought man how does he know all that stuff you know and until i realized it's a gift of the holy ghost you have to have faith to spit that out and say that's your scripture because if you read it and it says woe unto you he said oops uh, wrong scripture I, I meant that other one right right below it you know i just my i, I just didn't flow that <laughs> my gift didn't go that direction but she did and uh, she would go right to it in the bible and read it to you and minister and it says here the uh, song of solomon 2 verse 8 the voice of my beloved behold he comes leaping on the mountain skipping on the walls um which one is it? Was it eight? Oh, Lord, I done messed up already. I got the, I wrote down the wrong one. <laughs> she told me that when I thought. I thought it was in verse two, chapter two. I wrote it down wrong. I got so excited. 
And I have worn out so many Bibles since then. Hang on, I will get it. Two verse 12, maybe? Oh, yeah, 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 that's the one. All right. It's Oh, yeah, this is starts in, in, yeah, I was close. It's, it's uh, around the corner from that other one. All right. It says, verse 10, my beloved spake and said unto me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. That's it. Amen. That's in love with you. Amen. He spoke to you personally to come away with him. And you can trust where you're going, okay? You can't do that with a lot of dudes. Amen. You can only do that with God. He says, come away with me because the place where he's taking you to is going to be an elevation and a promotion for you. It's going to be a higher place than you've ever been before. It says, for lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. And I was glad to hear that because I had had five years of nothing but trouble and rain. You understand what I'm saying? The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of the bird has come. The voice of the turtle or the turtle dove is that what the the dove's voice is heard in our land. And so he says, arise, my love, and come away with me. That's what Jesus calls to everybody who gets saved. He wants you to come and spend time with him so that he can reveal to you who you really are. And if you don't ever spend that time with God, quality time with him, if you're always trying to pick up fragments of understanding God from this preacher or that sermon or this one or that one, you'll never get satisfied and you'll never understand the love of You'll never. If you don't come away with him and spend time with him, getting to know him and talking to him about why he saved you, who you are don't wait for some prophecy to come and tell you what your gift and your calling is you can find that out from god you don't wait for somebody else to don't be so scared of god you stay at a distance from him and then you scared going up to the altar to hear what he got to say through somebody else come on now You live with him. And I'm not against prophecy at all. Y'all know that. I'm a prophet. But I can tell you we've got a lot of people trying to hear from God who've never heard from God to know if you're hearing from God when you hear through somebody else. Take the prophecies and paste them like wallpaper on a wall and collect them. Because we never understand on the inside the value that we have because of what God saw in us before we even got saved. Let alone what we have in us now that we are saved. The only way you're going to find out is you got to get face to face with with women that's sitting at the feet like Mary. With, with men it's mano a mano, you know, eyeball to eyeball, talking to God. Huh? When Ezekiel, when he came and visited Ezekiel, Ezekiel fell on his face and God picked him up and stood him up. He said, come on, talk to me. Huh? I got stuff to talk to you about. You know, people say to me sometimes, you know, how do you stand up with all, all that God, God's power? And, you know, I can barely stand up. I have to. I can't be laying on the floor sucking carpet with you and I'm supposed to minister. Come on now. 
He says, you stand up here and help these people. Come on now. You know, men, there ain't no male or female. You treat me like a man just like you do anybody else as a man a man when you under the anointing. Man up, woman. Whatever. I'm trying to explain it, God, as best I know how. Huh? You know, it's not that I don't respect the power of God or I'm immune to it. But there is a place in God where a minister can stand. Now, there be sometimes where we, I can't, and I'm looking forward to it. Do you understand me? Be wonderful. God just blow in and knock everybody down. Huh? And I can join with y'all. We don't need no stinking preachers today. God himself has shown up. Amen? Good. Good place. Amen. But until then. You stand before God, you know, and and talk to him and understand what he's saying. Psalm 92. I like the ones where I know God is taking care of me 24-7. There are times when I get so caught up in what's going on, I forget those things. I forget the peace that, that I can have in God if I just remember and and step into these things. 92 one is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises into the name uh, to thy name O most high to show forth your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night so he wakes you up with loving kindness now I don't know about y'all but when I was married my husband would have to wake me up sometimes he finally resigned from the job You know, you stick one foot out. Okay, I'm awake. Stick a foot out from my, you know, and they hang around for another five. Are you going to get up or what? See, God doesn't wake you up like that. Huh? He's loving kindness wakes you up every morning. Amen? He doesn't get tired of you setting an alarm, putting it on snooze 15 times. Huh? He wakes you up with love, and he puts you to bed at night. He's with you all day long. He wakes you up and tucks you in. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, oh. You think you just go to bed. Are you kidding me? Huh? He puts you there, and he puts you in the right bed. I heard that. He ain't putting you in the bed with nobody you ain't married to, so don't even go there. I heard you on the internet. (laughs) Wakes us with loving kindness, and at night he lets us know he has been faithful to keep us all day long. All day long he kept you from harm, kept you from injury, kept you from hurting yourself, kept you from wrecking your credit. (laughs) and a hearty amen psalm 103 did we do that verse 4 so we'll go back there a minute we go through verse 4 103 verse 4 who redeems your life bless the lord oh my soul and all that's within me bless his holy name Don't forget his benefits. He redeems your life from destruction. No, you could have been killed many times already. I know I could. I came real close many times. Who crowns you with loving kindness 
and tender mercies. He puts that as the final crowning on your head. Loving kindness and tender mercies. Amen. He elevates you into a place where you can depend on his love, his kindness, and his mercy. All the days of your life. Every single day. Psalm 145 verse 9. says God is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works you're his work amen you're his workmanship you were created in Christ Jesus unto good works so he's tenderly merciful to you in other words God won't see you in trouble and start pointing the finger and tell you how you got there amen and anybody tells you that wasn't sent by God you understand me you, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you get people out of trouble first. Amen. And then you can instruct them how to stay out of trouble. Best way to do that kind of correction. Now, we all get angry at somebody because they did wrong. Except God. Huh? He doesn't get angry at you because you do wrong. He'll get angry, but it takes a lot to really take him off. You understand me? Proverbs 6, verse 22. When you go, I shall lead you. When you sleep, it shall, it shall keep you. When you awake, it shall talk to you. He's talking about wisdom and the spirit of God. So morning, noon, and night. See, there's no excuse for going dumb. You understand what I'm saying? There's no excuse for going dumb and staying dumb. Because God is with us all the time to help us. You know, I, I think people who backslide have so been turned off by one little thing. If you talk to them as one something they thought God was supposed to do for them, in spite of whether they believed him or not, because usually there's no faith on what people are doing. When they get caught up in the dumb like that, you know, a lot of people just go to church and sit there and listen and wait for something that sounds good and never go out and apply it. They never meditate on it to put it in effect in their lives. There's no action on anything. And then somewhere down the road, you've got to pay the price for that lack of, of, of faith. You know, faith is an action. It means you take God at his word and you take that word and you go live your life with it. You know, you don't just sit around and wait for God to do something for you. And when and people like that are so full of pride, when they make mistakes, they're seldom correcting themselves. Because it's always somebody else's responsibility and somebody else's problem, somebody else's fault that they didn't get what they thought God told them they were supposed to have. Then they don't want to serve anymore. They don't want to come to church anymore. They're all mad about something. Well, who else are you going to go serve? You can't serve Allah. Huh? Yeah, you know, once you tasted of the Lord, you don't have a taste for Allah no more. Now, you might go and, and hymn with them people and... And march with them and wave your fist like you think you got something going on. Trying to be a son of Malcolm or Muhammad or somebody like that. But you're not going to serve somebody who's not alive once you've served the living God. Amen. So you might as well humble yourself and ask God to show you where you turned off wrong and get back in the game. Amen. 
most of us do it before anybody becomes aware that we're messed up like that huh god pulls you in the nick of time and shows you you know what you way over on the wrong side better come back over here where you know it's safe huh come back where you can live Uh, and brother Hagen said that he said he said uh um he said well if you you find yourself not getting blessed by god go to the last place you were blessed and start over at that last place and you know don't let the world know your backslid get up and go start with god again huh (laughs) it's the truth amen you find yourself all jacked up in your head and you know don't want to pray and don't want to avoid your prayer partner those are sure signs that you messed up somewhere huh you in a prayer ministry and everybody can pray but you huh now i think you're a little bit crazy but god still loves you huh go to him he got more mercy than i do i don't have no mercy for people like that it makes no sense to me isaiah 43 god risks his life for us over and over and over again came to our rescue so many times every time you get yourself in trouble there he is rescuing you isaiah 43 start in verse 2 he said oh we'll start in one but now thus saith the lord that created you o jacob and that formed you o israel fear not for i have redeemed you i have called you by your name you are mine when you pass through the water i will be with you and through the rivers you shall they shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon you for i am the lord your god the holy one of israel your savior i gave egypt for a ransom gave a whole nation to bail out his people you understand me how much more will he not do for us with our little problems that we have from day to day you know your little stuff that keeps you up all night long is no problem for god and he will do it willingly for you huh and you know deep within you that it's painful to you to even think about somebody being that good to you but he is amen so you accept it you receive it and your next thing is god help me not to do this again and do better in my life amen don't just take your deliverance and run with it like a thief but man up to god god i have a covenant with you and i see all that you're doing for me to keep me and to help me and to help me to stay in the game and not feel condemned god what is it that that i can you can expect me to do that i can handle because you know i flip out when you when i think you asking me to do too much just tell the truth now give me something simple to do you know because i i ain't like miss crystal miss crystal don't care she'll go and she take care and and clean the church and and clean the bathrooms and you know that ain't you then admit it woman up and say i ain't miss crystal i'm i'm too proud to, to clean up a bathroom in a church i'm not too proud to use it but i'm too proud to clean it up but please god you're good to me show me something i can do that won't cause me to fall apart 
Let's get real, people, okay? We all come in here with different ideas about it. We're all legends in our own mind in some respect. You understand what I'm saying? We too good for this, too good for that, too good for this, too good for that. You're going to be too good for God in a minute, but he still loves you anyway. Huh? It's not going to phase him one little bit. He'll give you something you can put on and wear a glove and do it with your nose. He meets everybody where they are. Huh? He'll make you think you're important in the church even when you're not. He don't care how important you think you are. Huh? He loves you anyway. Your self-importance ain't going to stop him from loving you. Are you kidding me? He loves the self-important, the unimportant, and the dangerously attractive. You know how you get in that mirror some Sundays and dangerously attractive Ooh, should I go to church or should I go kick it Isaiah 40 <laughs> start at verse oh Isaiah 40 where am I <laughs> you hear what I'm saying don't you sister <laughs> 28 have you not known Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, that's the one that's in love with you. He faints not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. So just I know it blows your mind, but just hold on. okay? you'll get it. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. So wherever category you fall into, huh? I can't do it. I don't know how God's going to get this done. I just don't. I give up, huh? You're in, you're in line for something good. You're in line for a blessing because he's looking for you. Don't ever count yourself down and out because he's, he's looking for you. He's a creator of the universe and all things. He's looking for the faint and the weary to give power to. And there's no searching of his understanding. He said, even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, that serve the Lord, that stay faithful at the level you can be faithful. I don't care if you're just barely hanging in there. Shall renew their strength. The only thing that's wrong with us sometimes is we've grown faint and weary and we're trying to pretend like we're not. See, whatever you are, don't try and pretend you're the opposite. At least admit it to God. You know, you can be dangerously attractive and go into church and look like you're all together, but admit your fault to God. Amen. Admit your stuff and your weakness to God. He says, you will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. He renews your strength. He renews your ability to keep on keeping on. He gets you to a place where you're physically in better condition than you were before he found you. Going to do that for you, Miss Tony. Hmm? Be working on you now, girlfriend. Huh? He took you apart for a season. To show you his great love for you. That's all this has been about is proving his love to you. That's it, honey. That's it. 
no nothing you didn't do nothing wrong <laughs> you ain't on his bad list he, this is about love for you this is your time this is your time to be loved by god amen, amen. in a special way Sometimes our weakness can bring us into the love of God in a special way, something we never knew before. Is it worth it? You tell me after it's done. After it's done, you tell me if it's worth it or not. Some of these things are going to happen to us anyway, but when God's in charge of your life, he'll bring something excellent and something good out of it. It always does. Amen? Have you not heard? (laughs) Ain't you heard? This is what I do saith the Lord. Isaiah 54. Verse 5. Your maker is your husband. Amen. Your creator is your husband. And the Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. So your maker is your husband. Amen. God knows how to be both to you, how to be creator and how to be husband at the same time. Amen. There are some people that have special relationships with their spouses. You know, if they work with them or you, you, you have a working relationship and sometimes they get blurred. You know, the lines will get blurred. Um, uh, Jackie Joyner, Kersey Bob, Kersey was her husband or is her husband. He was also her coach. She's the Olympic track and field uh, athlete, expert, worth bazillion million dollars. You know, you understand what I'm saying? When people grow to that stature. And he coached her to that point. And she had gotten, toward the end of her career, she had gotten a few injuries. It's a little slow. And the coach would show up and push her to the next place. And see, this is a man of wisdom and a man of knowledge who understands how to be a coach and how to be a husband. When is your maker your husband? When the one who makes you the star that you are and the athlete that you are, does he know how to step into that place and when to step back? And I remember the day they had, because she had, had, you know, had some injuries and wasn't doing as well in her last Olympic game, so, of course, the press wants to hear when she's supposed to retire, so they kept wires on them the whole time, kept a microphone on them the whole time of the Olympics. And so she was she was out there pressing the best way she knew how, and he stood there and watched her for a few trials, and she got out, and she uh, went with, you know, a little practice dry run, dry run. And so he said, Jackie, it's over. And and she kept going, and she he said, this is your husband talking to you, Jackie. It's over. He said, we got to quit now. Amen. Heartbroken, both of them. You could hear his voice cracking when he said it. But he knew when the husband stood up. He knew it when it was time for the husband to stand up and say, this is my wife. I'm called to love and serve and protect her, and I'm not going to let her hurt herself any further trying to be a champion. We've done as much as we can with that. And so God knows how to be all these things to us. He knows how to be our maker when he gets you out there and you preach for him and you do things for him. And he spurs you on in the Holy Spirit and he tells you to keep going. We can do this. But he also is your husband. 
And he knows when you need to come back from that and get yourself restored and get yourself refreshed and get yourself healed and get yourself whatever it is that you need. He takes care of us in both ways. So God isn't, you know, some of these people talking about they burn out. You pressed yourself for something else. You weren't pressing in God the right way. Because God knows when to cut it short, when you've gone gone as far as he won't see you abusing yourself, calling yourself serving him, nor your family either. It's nonsense. So God knows how to be both to us. And Jeremiah 2. How we doing, little Howard? Ooh. Jeremiah chapter 2. Verses, I think it's 1 and 2. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember you. This is when we've gone too far the other way. I remember you. The kindness of your youth, the love of your espousals when you went after me in the wilderness in the land that was not sown. So God is saying, I remember you from when you first got saved. When you used to pray all them crazy prayers and I blessed you anyway. huh? Or somebody would tell you you were praying wrong, you started praying like them and I gave you what you asked for anyway. Remember that? I remember you. Huh? lovingly he remembers us amen our first attempts at being quote-unquote spiritual (laughs) he remembers all of that and he loves us anyway amen (laughs) in jeremiah 31 20 he tells us he said though i speak against him my heart yearns for him so even when god has to correct us his heart is still after us and yearning for us amen Hosea 2.9, I have betrothed you to me forever. In other words, you mine. Huh? You mine. Nothing can take you from being mine. You mine. Remember that? We get something that wasn't much of nothing, but it was ours. And we loved it. Amen? God makes us into what he wants us to be after a fashion. So he loves us even more after we become his handiwork. Once he's invested something in us, he loves us all the more. As if he could love us more from what we started out with. Romans 8, 36, 37. Romans 8, 30, 38. And this is our last one. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Listen, if you pray, you've been tried by all of them. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Don't ever, don't ever, don't ever discount the persecution factor in your life. Amen. We've been attacked on all levels, huh? And it's all done to separate us from the love of God. Amen. Because the devil knows God's going to bless us anyway. He knows God's love is greater than his hate. Amen. Haven't you ever overcome anybody that hated you with the love of God? If you haven't, give it a try. It works. He says, nor angels, nor principalities, things present, things to come. What's in your life now that's bugging you won't separate you from the love of God. What do you fear that's coming in the future won't separate you from the love of God. 
nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's why, that's why Jesus came to dwell in us, to be Emmanuel, God, with us and in us, so that we would have a living witness on the inside of us that God loves us. He is in love with us. From, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, he loves you. Amen? He loves you. He loves you skinny, fat, tall, short. He made you that way. He likes people of different varieties. Amen. He shows off his creativity in the way that he creates in this earth. He does it for his, at, for his own delight. We're his delight. I don't know what you've been through or what you think is separating you from God's love or that he doesn't love you at all. But I'm here to tell you he does. He does, and, and it'll never stop. You can't stop it. Huh? You can't stop it. I don't care how rough you think you are or, you know, what you've done or you don't want to be loved. And I don't need all that, you know. You need that and more. Amen? The rougher you are, the more you need God. But he has loved us with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, he's always drawing us to him. You're resisting God today. You don't think you deserve him. You don't think he loves you. Or you think you failed him. huh? I was very upset. I had to start taking a pill for stupid blood pressure. So then now I got to get back in the word. Strong like I was before I got this. You know. And the longest time I said. I said God how did I get here? I mean I really wanted to know. And he didn't tell me. He said, you always preach that I don't tell you what's wrong with you, what your problems are when you're in the trouble. He said, get out of the trouble first. Then we'll talk. You got me? Go take your stupid pill and do what you need to do. Grumble about it. Complain about it. Whatever it is you want to do about it. But I still love you. He's just proven to me this won't separate me from his love. You know, sometimes we get we get so full of faith we get stupid. Huh? Don't let the goodness of God make you stupid. Huh? You know, you I gotta conquer everything with my faith. You ain't doing nothing outside of God's will. You understand me? And we all fall short. It's not my great faith that's been keeping me healthy. It's been his love and his mercy keeping the devil away from me. Huh? And I'm not discounting faith at all, but when it's your season to come apart with God and let him show you something outside of your little rules and regulations that you live by. Huh? We can live by the, you know, the, the faith rule. I got to confess it enough. Once I confess it enough and I get peace, that means it's mine. Huh? God's not a formula. He's, he's showing us that. Amen. He's showing us that. He's a real person. Go to him. I said, God, let me get back to the days where I did pray raggedy half prayers and you answered anyway. I trusted you better then. I've been trusting too much in myself recently. Amen. So we got to depend on him even more. The more you live, the more dependent you got to get on him and him alone. And you got to trust in his love. It's all good because he loves us. Amen. (coughs) Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless and praise you. We worship you. You're worthy to be praised, honored, loved, adored, magnified, glorified, exalted, and lifted up.
You're the highest place in the universe, Lord. You are the great I am. You are the great creator. You are the one true and living God. You're the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. You're Alpha and Omega. You're the one who has begun everything. You've begun a good work in us, and you're going to complete it, Lord. No matter what our faults, our flaws, our misgivings, our quirks, whatever it is, Lord. We are who we are, but we are beloved by you. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you. Oh. 